Hi guys and welcome back to the show. Tonight I was speaking to Ben who runs the campaign for British Flowers Rock to get everyone buying more flowers locally and also buying them from Britain and helping local farmers and growers. So he has great information and lots of facts about how you can do this. Also, the last time Ben was on the show, my puppy liked to make an appearance and just like that tonight she's also making an appearance at the start of the show because she was in the living room with my husband and she was crying to get into the room where I was recording the podcast so you will hear her um, in the background (laughs) quietly she was wanting to get into the podcast so I did let her in and then she was a lot happier to listen to me and Ben Chan so (laughs) I think maybe she just wants to be part of the show and give her input about flowers and gardening because this just now um, she's taken to eating my sunflowers. If you follow me on Instagram or on Twitter or Facebook, you'll see that my dog has taken a liking to my flowers, especially the, the sunflowers, so they're getting a little nibble. So just so you know, she was giving a wee input on the show as well. So I hope you like the show and tune in and listen to what me and Ben were speaking about. Thanks for um, having me on again. It seems ages ago, the last one. It must have been about a year ago, was it? It was October, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it does feel a wee bit longer, like I, like um, a year ago. But yeah, I was looking back on the, the podcast and I was like, oh, when was Ben on? Um, but I, re- I do remember like you being on, it must have been the October break from school because it was during the day, I'm sure it was. And and my puppy was quite vocal. Um, oh, yes, I po- remember. Because yes. of the postman. <laughs> Um, but she she likes to be heard Um, so thanks so much for coming back on so if um, you want to just introduce yourself if there's anybody who joins in or listens to this on the pod then they can know who you are and what your campaign's about yeah so uh, my name's uh, Ben Cross head dog's body at Crosslands Flower Nursery uh, I'm a fourth generation grower, so we've been growing since 1936, and we can talk a little bit about the history later. And we specialise in growing the, the British Ulstrom area, and I did marine biology from 2000 to 2011. Uh, came back here on the ranch in 2011, and uh, I don't know, many of the listeners might know, but over 90% of flowers in the UK are now imported. And obviously the carbon footprint and environmental impacts of that are pretty redonkulous. Uh, so in tw- between 2011 and 2014, I tried to get help on the matter, but no one really was doing much about it. So in 2014, I started the British Flowers Rock campaign, which is all about just raising that awareness, just a bit of education uh, to the people of the UK to try and support local farmers, local growers, and to buy grown and not flown blooms basically so it's all about supporting british supporting local and uh, doing as much as you can for planet earth by buying sustainable fresh british blooms so that's that's what the campaign is and that's all the type of flower i grow is the ulstrom area yeah do you know i i didn't i, I didn't realize until i met you um that you know a lot of the the flowers that were 
sold in you know supermarkets and stuff were like flown in and it's something I never really thought about until you kind of when you were on the show and you were saying you know that's why they don't last as long because they're being you know um, like imported in they're being frozen and it kind of makes sense because I always kind of think you know when I get flowers from a florist they last longer and I just thought that from a florist I thought they must have better type of flowers than the supermarket and they're just um, and I was like the, the, when you get it from a, a florist they last longer but when you get them from St Morrison's you do only if you're lucky get five five days at the most and they're and uh, yeah and they're they're dead and and they don't really give you they don't really give you that kind of nice blooms it's just kind of as if they're already kind of on the way to dying, which I suppose it would be if they've been, um, you know, put through all that stress to get to, to here just to be sold for like a couple of days. And I think it's a bit of a waste. Um. Well, and if they're sold, you're right. So it's not just supermarkets, but obviously we're talking supermarkets, uh, letterbox companies that send flowers by post, you know, gas stations, petrol stations. Uh, florists, farm shops import flowers, even when you're out and about, might go to the hairdresser or whatever and they might have a bouquet of flowers on on the desk there, where's those flowers, um, you know, come from? Just in our daily lives, when you're out and about and you see a bunch of flowers in a vase or uh, in a shop, there's over 90% chance, as I say, it's been flown in and, and not grown in. And um, yeah, and you guys wouldn't know that means obviously uh, the product placement is so sketchy, the labelling is non-existent. So on pretty much, especially supermarkets, um, it will just say maybe Easter bouquet or well summer. So it'll say summer bouquet, 20 quid and it won't tell you the chemicals are on the packaging, the chemicals that are sprayed on the flowers, when it was harvested, where it was harvested. It will give you no uh, information at all apart from the name of the bouquet. And the price, and that's what really the campaign's all about. It's trying to trying to change that and get people's attitudes right. That you know, stuff needs to be labelled properly with our clothes, our food, our cars, our furniture, even the TV programs we watch. Right at the end, they've got like a carbon footprint rating and stuff. So all other industry um, has got it together somewhat, but flowers we're twenty, thirty years behind just in terms of product placement and labelling within our shops, you know, not to mention the sachet of flower food you get on the bottom of the bunch of flowers that you don't even need with my bad boys, you know, because they're nice and fresh and going to last longer. And it's quite funny you talking about, you know, they look like they're on their last legs. Well, they go all the way around the world, go into, say, a supermarket, and sometimes, you know, Nikki, when you go into a supermarket, there's too much water in the buckets or the leaves are gone yellow. There's no water in the bucket, so they're dying. Or it doesn't look like there's water in the bucket. It looks like pea soup, you know, mm-hmm. and they actually change that water. So they go all the way around the world, but you won't even buy them because they've not even been looked after in the shop, you know. So it's a complete waste that they just get thrown in the bin before they get even bought. So, yeah, I mean, there's loads of obviously big differences that we can get in, into, you know, between my little beauties and the foreign stuff. But yeah, you're right, in terms of product placement and labelling, it's pretty bad, isn't it, for someone, you know, just a no, normal person going into the shop, yeah. 
Yeah, it definitely is. And even, you know, I think when you're talking about, you know, in general, you know, even plants, like talk about like plants you can buy um, in supermarkets or garden centres. I had a lady on from America on the podcast and she was saying to me to use... Um, do you sell flowers like that are local to your like native plants like for people to buy and and I was kind of like do you know what it's, that's something I've never ever thought about you just go to the, the to the garden center or like the supermarket and you pick these things up and you're just like you just think well I'll just pick that up you never ever and I think you're right I think we do need to start to say well where's that come from how long is it taking to get to here how was how was that plant grown you know was that plant grown a different way that's you know maybe stunted its growth so sometimes people will get plants and like I had a lady the other week um, say to me that she had lavender she bought and I was like what kind of lavender was it and she was like I don't know and she showed me a picture of the dead plant and she was like what happened to it and I was like well I don't really know what kind of plant lavender plant it is but lavender is quite hard so I, it, it shouldn't really have died I said you know was it was it maybe the pot was too small for it was did you not water it enough did you overwater it I was like without knowing and you know where you bought it what it is and I can't really tell you what it is and she was like I, I, I just killed it and I was like do you know that makes me really disheartened because you know you obviously like you've bought it there's been no label on it she bought it from a supermarket i think it was aldi or or and she's like i just bought it and just thought i'll just i'll just put it outside and um it'll just it'll be fine and and i was like i just it's just made me think really that and even like you know the basil and stuff you get in like um the supermarket when i was down at gardener's world monty was talking about um like the basil you buy like the plant and it's like a pound fifty and um like it's actually they're actually all little plug plants and they sell you it as one plant but actually all those plant those little plug plants are all stuffed together using all the nutrients and they're that's why they die a lot of the time because you're taking that home thinking that's a plant but they're actually individual plants that they've put all together that they've grown in water and they're just trying to force them on to sell them to you and i just think it's quite um upsetting no it is it is it's really bad it's really bad but as i say going back to supporting your local florist it's a bit like supporting your local butcher fishmonger baker you know people need to try and urge their local florist to buy uh, from growers like us you know local growers or british growers and then the florist can sort of announce that and promote that and um and get local people supporting the florists because they're the heartbeat of the community just like all the other indie businesses you know so um as i say from when we last spoke i've now i'm now supplying a lot more florists a lot more farm shops even cafes and restaurants they might have a locally sourced food menu but where's those flowers come from that are on their vases on their dining room table so we're now supplying as i say more customers that care about the planet and where they're sourcing their sourcing their stuff from basically you know so uh, that's been been a positive that we're getting more people into it and interested into it and uh, it's all about that awareness and education really with the campaign Um, not just for the public but also within the industry the you know the flower industry it's uh, you know it needs a bit of a shake up big time still so it's uh, we're still not perfect by no means but yeah the more I keep talking about it the more people seem to be actioning stuff so it's it's going fairly well really yeah (laughs) 
And and what so how did you get into actually starting to talk about it? Did you just think one day I'm just so passionate that I'm just gonna there's nobody really taking it on, so I'm gonna take it on and just try and see what I can do. Yeah, well as I said, I did marine biology from two thousand to twenty eleven, so I lived around the world, but I had a house um off site, so I live on the flower nursery now, you know, it's it's a farming, growing lifestyle I lead. I actually live where the flowers are and the big greenhouses and all of that. Um, but before I used to live off site in a in a little cottage and um I when I came back um to work with the flowers I was still living in this cottage. I hadn't fully moved back onto the ranch yet and um the village where I was living they've got a little gardening club horticultural society and they always had posters up around um, the town advertising their monthly speakers and what was happening at their monthly sessions and it was always about bird of paradise or someone selling a book or (laughs) whatever you know and I got the phone number at the bottom of the poster and said you know do you want about something real about something cool something tangible that the local community can listen to and in action and be part of and they were like no not really we want famous people of gardeners world and people that are selling books and that I was like okay fair enough and one evening I was um I was just sitting on the couch watching tv and I got a random phone call they must have let you know kept my name and number I was at the bottom of the list and they said oh Ben our speakers let us down for tonight they can't come to our club to talk and uh, they said you know are you available so without any videos any slides any pictures like I've got now any props I had nothing no t-shirt you know nothing uh-huh. you know no British Flowers Rock t-shirt I didn't go to the talk naked obviously I had another t-shirt <laughs> you can see me and, uh, and um, there's about 100 odd people there got up I spoke for an hour just like about stuff we're talking about and how we grow the Ulstrom air and all of that sustainability and then when it got to the end about British flowers rock and all that said over 90 percent imported the chemicals used the carbon footprint the freezing the you know the cheap labor the the poisoning of the lakes in other countries the water usage in other countries compared to what we're doing and you know no we don't use any pesticides or insecticides on our place as well you know it's all biocontrol and they were like waking up to everything you know and these are you know older people in the flower world or horticultural world and they knew none of it and then I did that talk the next day the phone just went off the hook and people that were at the talk that are part of other clubs they started phoning me and since then since 2014 my first talk I've now done over 500 talks since 2014 and people are booking me for next year and 2024 because I'm booked up next year so I do 50 60 talks a year and, and that's how it all started with me you're seeing that poster getting fed up of what they were talking about and um and the campaign was sort of born really and it's just gone from one thing to another I've been up to Scotland I, I did a talk in the Lake District I did a Carol Klein gardening show this year um and um yeah, it's just random randomness. I'm actually at Eastbourne on the south coast here. They've got a sustainability festival for three days, and uh, they've got me there to do a to do my talk as well. You know, so um, 
Do you know what is so funny, isn't it? Like that, you know, you're saying that they are you you were trying to get in to talk to people and they're saying, No, no, we we, we, we don't um we don't want you, we want someone you're not on Gardener's World or something. It just shows yeah, you we how live in a world we live in a world where people wanna sell tickets and they think which is true, that you know, if they get someone semi famous from the gardening world they're gonna sell more tickets. You know, it's like you, if Monty Don's at your local village hall, you're gonna go. If Ben Cross is there you're not going to go because you're like, who the heck's he? You know, what's he got to say? Um, you know, so they do it to sell tickets and sponsorship monies and, and, and for money, basically. They're businesses, aren't they? All these people that put on events and things, they have to make money. But, um, yeah, if, if I hadn't have been given that opportunity, yeah, I gave myself that opportunity, but if I, you know, if that speaker hadn't let them down, who knows what would have happened, you know? So uh, I'm thankful that I got that little break. Um, but sometimes you have to make your own luck and that was pestering my local little village hall and now I go off all around the country and I've done done podcasts with people like you say in America, Canada, Australia I've talked all over the world I've in lockdowns I put a little Wi-Fi booster in one of my greenhouses and we do like virtual, virtual tours of the greenhouse um, as well so yeah it's really sort of opened it all up actually I had... Um, I had a good lockdown, didn't we, really? We, we kept busy, both of us. We were really busy and, uh, yeah, it's gone all right. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how you... I mean, me and Adam were talking about the same as you. Like, um, like lockdown obviously had its, its many downsides, but for me, it kind of started the whole thing of me starting, you know, my gardening properly, growing food and like starting the Instagram and meeting great gardeners like yourself and Adam and it kind of it gave you that time to just kind of shut off a bit from the world I think whereas in everyday life you maybe wouldn't get as much time because you're thinking I've got to do this I've got to do that and I think maybe it just gave us all a wee bit of time to just breathe and just kind of a lot a lot of gardeners and a lot of people started growing and actually realized that it was so great and it was therapeutic and I actually think a lot of people used gardening as you know to keep them going during lockdown because I think when you couldn't see your friends your family um I think a lot of people said that actually their garden kept them going because you were just kind of in your own little bubble and you weren't allowed to do normal things and it's it's just been it's been a weird time but I was saying to Adam as well like I almost feel like sometimes it's like it's kind of weird like lockdown happened but now it's that far it feels that far away in the past I'm like did that actually happen like it's just like surreal like when I went to like a concert last week um, last week and then like going to the cinema I went to the cinema with my dad and my husband and I'm just sitting there thinking did, did lockdown actually happen did we have covid it's all back to normal now everybody's just gone back to like and covid's just like people are just like yeah yeah I've, you know people are getting covid as if it's the cold now and it's just people aren't taking it as you know it's just like okay oh, that's that's covid we're used to it now and it's we've just kind of got into that way of living that it's just with us now yeah, I mean, I'm always busy, as you know, but um, it was the busiest two years ever, I think. I mean, I was always getting up to stuff, even though I couldn't physically. So I had about 50, 60 talks booked uh, for 2021, uh, 20, and uh, I actually ended up doing more British Flower Rock talks during lockdown than I actually had planned, because those postponed ones, which I'm doing now, were obviously postponed. But, say, doing the... Um, 
the Wi-Fi in the greenhouse. People were loving it, you know, it was an escape for these. Uh, a lot of gardening clubs, horticultural clubs, women's institute clubs, all these sort of people, they all went on to Zoom and were looking for something a little bit different. And instead of just, you know, looking at me in a screen, it was, you know, I was in the greenhouse going around, you know, it's like a mini little gardener's world sort of thing where people could could have a little uh, insight into for an hour and um, I just kept getting book- bookings and bookings and bookings and people were were loving it, you know, so um, yeah, I was very grateful that people, again, enjoyed the content, enjoyed me in the greenhouse, showing them all the cool stuff and uh, yeah, I, I ended up doing more British Flowers Rock Talks in lockdown than I had actually planned to do, so uh yeah, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and your greenhouse is amazing. I remember you being on the show the first time and me talking to you over Zoom and being like, oh my God, your your greenhouse is amazing. Like, I was just one, and I, and I totally get what you're saying. Like, people would come to your greenhouse and be like, wow, it's just, it was just so beautiful and the flowers and, you know, it's just so, it just looks lovely to just see outside and be able to see where you're growing it, how you're growing it and you're telling us all the things of like how you've grown it, how your family's, you know, been growing these flowers and just, it gives you like the backstory of where these flowers came from and actually, I must say that, um, but now since I met you and you were on the podcast I haven't bought flowers from the shop anymore because I just think you know it's I just think they're they're just they're not being well looked after they're not they're, you know they're not giving the same quality <laughs> don't stop by them just be more curious and ask questions you know just sort of stand up to it a bit more and say oh why don't you have many British flowers or why is your Ulstromare from Colombia there's a guy called Ben and all that you know so it's not a case of of stopping it's just making better choices and ensuring that better choices are options and they are available out there um, you know so so that that's what it's about really it's not about just stopping but it's about how can we change habits and also habits of the industry, you know, um, and more people that question things and um, ask florists, you know, why why don't, you know, there's this guy here, or have you been on Flowers from the Farms website, or, you know, are there other local growers around you could use, and even people will, like, having occasions like weddings or events or whatever, you know, sometimes it takes the individuals or the customers to, you know, make an impact as well so that's that's what I do I talk from you know I go into schools so I go into junior schools high schools and colleges because we do a lot of apprenticeship schemes with horticultural colleges so we have students coming to work here and I've got uh, had a couple of students here since um since March so I've had a couple of students here since March and they love it so much that they're going to stay all through the summer till September October as well so um yeah I find that sort of really good getting into the colleges and and doing career days and and all of that it really um you know it's really good it's really good yeah it definitely is I think I, I definitely like like you have a passion um for for obviously growing and buying locally but I also have a passion which is that and I keep tagging I keep tagging um the supermarkets in it is that they're when they get plants in and Morrisons and stuff they're not like um they they're told not to water plants okay so I, 
they are actually just killing the plants they're not looking after them so for me like I, I, I buy plants and I'll be like um I'll, I, I'm saving them so I tag like the supermarket in it now because I'm like you should have it in your sh- in your shop if you're going to sell me a plant then you must look after it you can't just tell your you can't give your your workers a plant and tell them you're not allowed to water it because that's what they're being told they're told to put the plant because they won't be sold will they otherwise uh, yeah well yeah they're be- they're being told they i i i have it on um i have it from morrison's workers well uh, and i have heard of other shops as well that they're told not to water the not to water the the plants they're just to leave them so that they get sold and if they die then that you know they, they don't really care basically which for me i'm like no they're plants like why are you growing plants to not look after them and then just let them die like so and the energy the energy involved in making the plant the packaging even if it's recycled recyclable packaging it still had to be made and the plastic labels mm-hmm. and everything that goes into it and, and the plastic netting that goes over those big dutch trolleys and the whole shebang and getting the product there you know it's like leaving rotting tomatoes or cucumbers or whatever in the shelf which they don't do you know they're turning things over constantly but you're right with with the flowers and the plants they don't have seem to have much care for it and it's a real shame because there's more packaging and carbon footprint and moving stuff and handling within the plant flower world than there probably is with the food as well. Yes. You know, you think all those tomatoes, they're all loose in the things and all that. Whereas flowers and all that, the amount of plastic cable ties, the plastic netting, uh, the flower food sachets, um, the actual cellophane or whatever they're in as well, and then the buckets, the plastics and all that. There's huge amount of... Um, a packaging that goes around the world and it just gets dumped if they don't look after it so yeah the mind boggles doesn't it it's uh yeah black and white and very obvious but yeah. uh, i just i just can't understand why they would why they would want to do that like you're saying like the amount of effort it must take for them to either grow it or buy it from someone who's taking all that time to grow the plants for them to put them out for them to be half dead to sell to someone like that poor lady who's got a plant and then has, has tried to revive it and it's died you know it's like and then that's putting off people who maybe would say I'm going to try to grow but I'm going to buy this plant and I'll try and see how I can look after it and then that puts people off because you, they're buying the plant and it's the plant's not been given the best life so yeah. it's it's just it's it, i i i'm going to start a campaign i am going to start a campaign to make sure that supermarkets <laughs> that water and look after their plants because they, we should be looking after them because well, it's basic stuff isn't it as well sometimes it'll be a really windy breezy day and they leave all the plants in the breeze you know so they're all like droopy and you know they've you know they've had a touch of the cold wind or the even when it's warm you know they'll get that that breeze across the top and it'll dry them right out and they'll flop over you know they'll be all limp it's just basic stuff they just you know and maybe they don't maybe they don't have the expertise to know how to do it but they could train their staff they could send them on you know training courses i'm sure there would be people who could tell them you know do the basics of looking after plants and gardening there might be people who want to do that kind of thing in in the supermarket they could have a gardener person who or a couple of people who look after it i just think for me plants are living things too so 
why would and like you say they wouldn't have rotten tomatoes or like rotten food or you know like food that's out of date they, they get rid of it before it goes out of date so why so why leave dying flowers and plants and just tell someone we're going to sell that but don't look don't do anything to it. just just leave it and I just, it, it, it annoys me. It's, it's something I've became really passionate about. It's, and I keep, I actually keep going round. So I've got some plants. My husband, my husband laughs at me. He's like, how many plants are you going to try and save? Like, because <laughs> I'll go and try and save plants. Like from Dobies as well, they, they were selling tomatoes. And all it was is that they weren't being looked after. And they were selling them. They should have been 2 99 and they reduced it to 19 pence because someone hadn't watered it and I've got it out in my garden now and it's growing great and it's just a bit of care um wow and I'm just yeah 19 Pete and I said to my husband how are they even making off that and he said he said they won't but they don't care it's going to die if you didn't take it they've got 19 pence off you so it's like 2.99 okay they didn't get that but you you've gave them 19 pence for that plant and they don't care what you do with it because they've got the money and even if they even if they lose the 19 pens he's like they won't care because they buy them in bulk so it's like just put them out and sell them and i'm like i am i'm just getting really passionate about it i'm just like but you've got to think about the grower as well like is the grower not getting much money then as well you know the actual people that you know put the hard work in to produce all those plants and things as well so it's it's very very odd it's very odd but like talking about supermarkets and produce we've all heard of the wonky veg i think yeah. veg like a morrison thing and at sainsbury's they call it the the imperfect range you know the uh, imperfect fruit and veg and everything and um i actually did a bit of research because when you're buying the wonky or imperfect stuff at all these supermarkets you think oh you're doing good you're doing good but if you look hard enough at the food labeling it will say where it's coming from it's like spain greece so they won't buy British flowers. They'll buy the foreign stuff, but also they'll buy the, you know, the wonky foreign stuff as well. They won't even buy the British foreign stuff. So basically, I don't know if you remember you uh, remember me from last time, but we sell our premium grade. So we sell uh, five chunky stems, 90 centimetres tall, and that's our premium grade that goes into proper expensive bouquets and arrangements and all that good stuff but then we also do a, a posy grade which is my version of the wonky veg it's still eight to ten stems 60 centimeters tall a nice bunch of flowers and that's what we sell as my posy grade but because that posy grade because the stems aren't 22.1 grams each they're a bit gnarly they're a bit wonky that's what the wholesalers and supermarkets um you know get rid of or they don't want so we we discard tens and tens of thousands of stems a year because they don't come up to supermarket specification but now through the british flowers rock campaign through the education we're now selling the posy grade um you know to the public because it's still a nice bunch of flowers they can whack in their vase bedside uh you know cabinet or in the kitchen vase or whatever and now florists are buying them so they can sell them outside their shops or use it for floral crowns buttonholes jam jars smaller arrangements so again that's what the campaign has helped to reduce our waste and turn it into useful stuff just like those parsnips are going to be in roast dinners and whatever you know so um, wow you know you have actually just like 
I thought the same as you, so I do buy wonky veg because for me, it's not about what it looks like. It's, they all taste the same. So I do buy the wonky veg, but like you're saying, I thought, well, I'll buy the stuff that's the wonky veg because it doesn't matter. And you're given that veg. Um, and I, I assumed that it was coming from, like, you know, British farmers and some stuff. It, some of it is British, but things like, you know, the garlic and uh, the beans and the, the other bits and berries that are you know in the winter out season yeah you just again with food has come a long way uh, whenever you're buying food it says where it was harvested uh, where it was packaged all the chemicals sprayed on it all that that's that's out there in very small writing that you obviously notice but you can look hard and find it but with flowers as i say there's nothing on the packaging at all and when there is a union jack on the on the on the flowers you know sweet williams were four quid now they're 175 you know mm-hmm. uh, daffodils were 199 now they're 95p you know uh, british flowers they're being sold too cheaply in supermarkets so the growers aren't getting enough to carry on their their farms their their nurseries and things so it's uh, a horrible little cycle which people need to get out of the habit of doing that and go direct to the grower go direct to people like me you know get it direct out of the soil picked packed and it's with you the next day or support your local local florist or farm shops as i said you know as well so there's less people in the chain and there's less um no carbon footprint getting the flowers from you know my greenhouse to your house basically yeah yeah you know Friday night's going to be interesting when I go shopping now because I'm going to be looking at all the all the labels we're buying stuff because I always buy um, like until like I can grow like for the rabbits like I, I grow kale and like lettuce and the herbs and stuff but if I've not got enough like because it's only it only is a small bunch that I, I grow so the rabbits eat so much but um, I'm going to look at all the different labels and see on things where where they kind of oh, well, come well, from. It's my world. I'm pretty sad, so that's exactly what I do. I go into supermarkets not to buy anything, but to take little, you know, um, videos for my Instagram stories and and just to keep myself relevant, you know, so when I do my next talk, you know, I've got some more information and secrets that people don't know. So, you know, it's a bit like you with the plants, you know, you're passionate about it and, you you know, you're, you're telling me things tonight on this podcast that I didn't know and vice versa, so... You know, it's all about, you know, being a bit weird, a bit eccentric and getting out there and uh, looking at stuff that people assume or guess and and take for granted. So, um, again, that's what the campaign, the British Files Rock thing is all about. It's just, you know, I don't say anything. Well, we do go into a bit of science and source science and we talk about the Ulstrom air and how it's all grown and the biocontrol and the history. We do talk about all that kind of stuff, but... Um, the British Flowers Rock stuff is very, very simple. You know, just like when Jamie Oliver did the, the sugar crisis or the salt crisis or school dinners or, you know, it's all about keeping it simple in small bite-sized chunks that the, the public and the viewers or the listeners on the podcast or when I'm doing, giving talks, you know, they can take that. And not only can they take it, they've got it in their system so then they can regurgitate that to their kids or parents or friends and... And the message sort of spreads, hopefully. That's the that's the idea, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, if someone is looking to get get more information about British Flower Rocks, I know you've got your in- 
Instagram page, but is there any, have you got a website or anything that people can go to? And like, is there, what can people do apart from buying more British, like, grown flowers? Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, if, if they can, obviously, buy British and local, that, that's great. Um, I mean, it's like us, we do, we do four big bunches of flowers delivered anywhere in the UK for 20 quid. And if it's for someone else, we put in a little gift message as well. So also I'm proving that buying British, you know, can save you pennies as well as the planet, you know. But yeah, so you can follow me on um, on IG at Alstromere Ben, Instagram at Alstromere Ben. Or I think you can type in Ben Cross into Instagram and it, it will come up now. Uh, and then Twitter is the same. That's at Alstromere Ben and Facebook um, is Crosslands Flower Nursery on Facebook. And I'm always... Um, a few days before I give a talk, I'm always promoting where I'm going to be and what time it's going to be at. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it'd be cool if yeah people do listen to this and you're local to where I'm going to give a talk. Just come along because all these clubs and festivals and all this, you know, they always have. Um, you know, you can always just rock up on the day and buy a ticket, or uh, sometimes they're free. Like I'm, um, I'm doing a lot of meet and greets at the moment, which oh. I find really useful. So. The farm shops and shops we supply, uh, they're doing a lot more meet and greets with the growers. That's amazing. So, yeah, we, we supply a little coffee shop that have a farm shop, and I did a meet the grower at their summer fete uh, the weekend just gone, and we supply a sustainable supermarket in Brighton and Worthing down here on the south coast called Hisby, and I'll be there at their Worthing store this coming Sunday, the 10th of July. Um, so I'm doing a lot more sort of meet and greets and mingling with the customers and educating the customers. You know, it'd be, it'd be, be a bit like me or be a bit like one of those growers going into a supermarket and telling them <laughs> how that plant or that flower, the flowers got there. But I'm just doing it on a more local, sustainable sort of scale. So I'm going into the shop, doing this talk and just hanging around for questions, answers, and just teaching their customers how it gets from my soil into their into their vase via the, the shops, you know. So, um, yeah, these Meet the Grower events are, um, are popping up a lot more now and because um, uh, not many flowers are grown <laughs> in this country. I'm always being, you know, told, to, oh, can you come along and do the flowers, you know? Because <laughs> there'll be someone talking about tomatoes or cucumbers or other produce. So, uh, yeah, but it's nice, you know, to meet the... Um, People can meet the you know, meet the face behind behind the flowers or behind the products they're buying in these shops and farm shops. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think for me, who you know, I'm quite passionate about sustainability and doing everything for the environment as much as I can. Be an eco-friendly gardener, and then you know, buy things that are you know eco-friendly. And I think for me, that would that would be great to meet. You know, if you were up in like you know a farm shop near where we live in Glasgow then you know it'd be great to think oh we, we've been buying these and this is the man who you know his family grow them and you know where they're coming from and it just gives you a wee bit like you're saying carbon footprint like just now with the whole fuel crisis and you know everything's just kind of getting more expensive I think you know I think it's good for people to kind of it's to know where things are coming from and and do their bit for the environment and sustainability i think we all need to um take a little bit of like what we can do to help the planet for the future generations you know 
because um, we want it still to be here and and be okay for like the the children that are you know just being born and like my nephews are like six and stuff so you want to make sure that the planet's going to be the best it is so and do everything for like wildlife that you can yeah and and opportunities you know more and more people are studying horticulture and gardening and landscaping and things like that because i'm going into these colleges and you know if people like me disappear because of the the cheap imported stuff there's going to be nowhere for these guys to get experience and work and you know i'm lucky uh, that we've been going since 1936 and i've got my great-grandparents my grandparents my dad uncles aunties mum all that energy and nous and know-how and expertise is in me <laughs> not that i went to college I, i did marine biology didn't I? i didn't go to horticulture college, but i know what i know through not books or literature or videos or youtube or anything i know it because i was born here and they played in the mud as a toddler and up i grew you know so if we lose people like me we're going to lose a lot of um well a lot of knowledge and a well lot of yeah I was going to say a lot of homegrown knowledge because we were talking about this on the way back from Gardeners World, me and my husband, and, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a horticultural degree to know how to garden. You know, everybody can do it, you know, themselves and learn and you can read about it, but you don't need to think that... I think a lot of people think that you have to have a certain degree and things, like, to do horticulture was everybody can try garden everybody can try and grow their own food it's i think people think it's really hard and i did myself when i first started out i think i was a bit like um thinking about oh you know i can't grow my own food it's too hard i'm not a gardener and my husband was like anybody can grow their own food you just have to try and and let and you can learn about it and you know he's like i'll help you because i kind of know how to, he's more knows how to grow flowers and he's like but i i can help me show you like what i do know like what my papa used to grow and i think that's what we need to keep as my husband was taught by his papa who then he's then teaching me stuff and then i'm taking it and teaching the nursery children and like you're doing you're going to do talks or even this podcast i think that's what you need to do is just keep teaching and and passing it down for generations because francis was saying at gardeners world that there's like a gap in the generation sometimes where people don't get passed on this kind of you know growing sustainability recycling you know neil's papa used to um use everything like if he had you know that he would use old toilets old baths he would change things in to make them planters to make them ponds making his own compost bin with like wood that he from an old fence that he was reusing i think we just need to you know keep this going and 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 spread our knowledge Yeah, I mean, us gardeners and growers, you know, we have to be frugal. You know, it's like I was a student and I've always been a student because you have to be frugal and tight and and fix things and, 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 and you know, reuse stuff um, to survive because the foreign flowers are so cheap. You know, you can't go out and spend this and spend that and get that new. You know, it's always got to be that's got to be fixed oh we can replace that little bit on there and we that will do another few months you know or a couple of years or whatever so you've got to be frugal and uh, and all of that stuff so my granddad used to say uh, the best way of uh, of making money is saving money you know <laughs> so uh you know that's um yeah frugal and um 
and that's how we survive. So like today, we got some deliveries of packaging and fertilizer and everything. And, you know, I keep the pallets, I keep all that plastic wrap that, that's around the bales and I use that as packaging in my flower boxes. And um, I'll go to the wholesalers after this podcast. I've got to go to Brighton and drop off. Um, if you look at my stories in a minute, you know, in about two hours, you'll see me down in Brighton Market dropping my flowers off. And um, obviously all the imported flowers, they come in boxes into the wholesalers. And I collect all of those boxes and I use them for my flowers, you know, because I can't afford swanky boxes with my logo on and all that you know i just can't afford that especially now with you know you know gotta keep it real we're lucky that we're not you know in the war or whatever as such but um the cost of everything you know the packaging and all that and delivery so yeah all any boxes elastic bands anything packaging i'll just reuse it all um so yeah the boxes from ecuador end up having british uh in them <laughs> so, but you know, I think that's really—it's amazing because you—you you are recycling. Although you're, you know, you're saying you're using it because you're, you know, so you can't afford to have you buying all the the, the branded boxes and stuff. But you're giving that box another yeah. use, and then that person might use that box or the packaging, or you know, that's what I think. Like even like I was I often use like milk cartons or juice bottles or like even old tin cans to make into like you know rain catchers you know plant pots there's lots of things you can do with things uh, or even like the the punnets you get you know with your raspberries and stuff yeah. i use yeah. them to like seed sow so there's lots of different things you can use things and like you say be just kind of and it saves you money and especially just now when everybody is struggling um you know thinking about like the bills are going up and stuff i think we all need to just maybe get back to and it helps the planet and it's it saves your your money going out because you're using stuff that you've been given and just like you're saying we we got a pond delivered the the mold and we're going to reuse the um the palette and make it into like a flower wall um so yeah we're gonna we're gonna do that up and put it on our fence and and put flowers in it and then that's gonna help like the bees the butterflies and give some bugs some homes because i'm gonna put little bug houses in between it as well so um it's just it's all about doing what you can and and i think like I used to always not maybe see when you're younger you don't really think about like the carbon footprint you don't think about oh I'll just throw that out or, or, or I won't fix it you just kind of that's the that's the thing you did you if something broke then you would get something new whereas now when I'm older I'm kind of like you know that there's just too much waste in the world I think we really need to just teach everybody that there's great things in the local um community where I live and it's like like people who are maybe older people who are like pensioners will have like a fix it kind of get together kind of campaign and, and if you've got anything that you want to get fixed then you can come along and they'll try and fix it for you and if they can fix it it's for free so people will say you've got a, a broken phone or you know like stuff like that then if they can there's certain people who've got different things that they can fix and you can go along to this kind of community and they fix your stuff for you and it means you don't have to buy new stuff they're doing it for free and it's not going to landfill so exactly oh that is smart that is really sweet and smart yeah 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 <laughs> it's, yeah it's just like the packaging so i guess local florists even up to about an hour away um once every two months they come back to the nursery and they drop off all the boxes and the packaging and so i can reuse that and they have a little tour of the nursery so 
you know, it's even florists, you know, and, and things. It's about them changing and instead of just chucking it all away in the recycling or the bin, you know, if they've got a local grower near them, they can save it all at their shop and then give it to the local grower to reuse. So that that's what's been... I've got a few florists now that, that do that instead of just chucking away all their packaging they get uh, from me and from the, you know, imported flowers. They keep it all for me. Yeah. So it's all about getting the florists uh, to change their attitude to it all as well, which they're actually really happy with because a lot of them, they get charged mm-hmm. for their waste disposal and all that. So uh, they're saving money as well. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. And it's given back to you and it's given back to the community and it's given back to the environment and it's just ah you're, you're all helping each other it's like a community I like it um, it's just it's, I think it's just a different way like you say of thinking and you're really passionate about it and like you're saying you've taught me stuff that I didn't know and I think for me it was kind of a bit of a shock because I never really and I suppose a lot of people don't really think where things are coming from but you know this when I go to um, the supermarket I'm going to be having a look and stuff and I'm definitely going to be doing some more um, campaigning to stop the supermarkets uh, and Dobies I can only say Dobies because that's from the local Dobies I've been to for like garden centres who aren't looking after their plants to start looking after them because it, you're right it's a knock-on effect of the person that bought them from then yep. what does that mean that that farmer is not getting as much money because you're not looking after it and you know it's a knock-on effect to the whole and that means that that person might not be able to keep growing next year because they're not looking after it so we have to all look at each other and and work together and see how we can help each other yeah because it's all about repeat business isn't it if you stop if people stop buying at that dobies or at at that supermarket you know if they buy some dodgy duff stuff this year they're not going to go back there next year so that grower he's going to get a smaller order from that dobies or from that supermarket based on this year's sales you know so it's um it's mindless it's mindless they're not thinking about the future and how to sustain how to sustain it because it's all about repeat custom you know I, i'm really pleased when someone re- i've got a lady uh, in london she orders a box of my flowers every week i've got people that order them every two weeks or every month you know they're repeat people repeat custom and that that's what you want to uh, to be sustainable you know as a as a grower or farmer or any business really isn't it so yeah it's really um weird why they're told not to look after the plants yes yeah. it's yeah. just um it's gonna just yeah, their, their sales are going to just keep dropping and dropping, you know. Exactly. Out and they buy duff, duff plants, but yeah, it's really odd. And and one of the, so one of the allotment members who's beside me, he works in like the, um, the Morrison's like big factory where like the plants are kind of shipped into and then they go out to the plant go out to the shops and and he says he'll say to his boss um you know if his boss says oh can you do can you do that wee extra pallet or something for me to take can you do them because someone's off he'll say can you give me all those chili plants so i can save them and take them home and give them to people so they're not going to die because like he said sometimes they're that bad they'll come into them like they'll come into them and they're they've not looked after them like at the start of with like being in the factory and they're almost like kind of n- not going to go to the shop because like of them and he saves them and he's actually saved he said he had like 20 chili plants in lockdown that he took home and like harvested all these chilies and he was like i just couldn't i just couldn't cope with the fact that these plants were going to be dead and he said 
nobody seemed to care. And that's what really is getting to me, a bit like you were saying with the, the, the British flowers, is it, what's getting to me is that nobody cares about these plants dying. Nobody cares that they've they've been grown to just die, to just, oh, it's okay. And I think um, we just, we just need to think about um, how how we kind of sell things and how we're, we're looking after things. And I think people just think, oh, cause they're just plants, but, but plants are living things too, you know. Yeah, they've and, taken energy and they've taken energy to, to be there and they've taken resource from the planet to be there. Um, so if they just die, it's just pointless. <laughs> yeah, but not just that as well, like you're talking about. So I'm sure, I know you're, you've got solar power, haven't you? Uh, yes, so we've got... Um, we heat our. We used to obviously in the olden days have oil when oil was ten p a litre. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, you know, so cheap. Uh, but then obviously the rise in oil. Um, you know, we got a uh, biomass heating in 2013, so we burn local wooden pellets, locally sort of uh, wood, local wood to heat our greenhouses. But remember, Austrum area, it's a cool crop. So by cool crop, we mean it looks cool in your arrangements and in your vases and bouquets, but by cool crop, it doesn't take a lot of heat. So if I was growing different types of crops or flowers, we need about 20 degrees heat in the greenhouse of a winter's night. But the optimum temperature for the British Austrum area is only 13 degrees, so we don't need or use a lot of heat and remember we're not up in glasgow we're right on the south coast <laughs> yeah you'll so be warm <laughs> we're a lot warmer here through the winter we actually only had two frosts here the wow. last winter we only had two frosts so our heating is not a lot but when we do need heat it's sustainable local wood uh we've got solar panels we've now got a uh, air source heat pump uh, for the office and solar panels as well and uh, another big thing about the Ulster is that it's a dry crop so we only water for 20 minutes once a month in the winter and that ramps up to just 20 minutes once every week to 10 days in the summer so you know we're not draining water resource locally you know it's it's a dry crop it's a cool crop it's a really sustainable flower to grow in britain hence why we've been growing it for for so long you know that's what we do so yeah well you know it's, it's just amazing uh, this has been an amazing chat um, and it, again you have you've given me more kind of food for thought literally <laughs> Like literally thinking, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to check this stuff. And I think it's so great that you're sharing the message with um, the listeners and everybody that you go to see and do chats with. And if you do have any chats up my way, let me know because I definitely will come along to see you and see you chatting because um, I think your, your campaign is amazing and I, I like to promote it. And if you and, and I think everyone should go and buy your flowers because they are stunning. And I'm definitely going to get flowers. I said it last time, and then I forgot to do it. But I'm going to I'm going to order some flowers from you because I see them on your Instagram, and I'm like I need to get some of those flowers. They're beautiful. They're a little bit like for me. They remind me a little bit of lilies. Do you can you well, see the, that? Ulstrom um, area. Uh, the common name is Peruvian lily or lily of the Inca. They're nothing to do with the lily family, mm-hmm. uh, but that's their common name because um, uh, basically a Swedish baron 
went over to Chile and Peru in the 1700s. His name was Alstromeria, so the Latin is Alstromeria. Blame that on some Swedish guy, you know. Uh-huh. And um, the common name is, yeah, Peruvian lily or lily of the Inca, because that's where the seed originates from. It likes living naturally halfway up the Andes in Chile and Peru, and uh, that's that's its common name. But, yeah, that's why it's called lily of the Inca or Peruvian lily. So you're right, you're onto something there. So there you no, go. Oh, well, there you go. I, ha- I was right. I was thinking to myself, they look a little bit like lilies but more beautiful than a lily and a lily is nice but they're even they're stunning flowers and definitely everybody needs to get some and help you out and buy locally from british flowers and we can all do our bit so i'm going to let you i'm going to thank you for being on the show i'm going to let you go because you're a busy man and sometimes i watch your instagrams i'm like oh my goodness ben's doing so much like you're just on the go all the time um but you're doing a great job and thank you for being on that's right much to Ben for coming on the show and we should also say thanks to Lila my puppy for giving her opinion on the podcast and flowers at the start of the show thanks so much to Ben for his tips and hints about how we can buy locally and what kind of things to ask in our flower shop our shops or you know looking at the packaging and seeing where all the stuff come from so I hope that this has helped you um think about more when you're buying in the supermarkets about where your flowers are coming from or the florists and that you will start to buy locally thanks for listening